This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... It's gaming convention season in Florida, so get ready for a Category 5 event. Huracan 2019 will make landfall between Thursday, September 26th and Sunday, September 29th in Kissimmee at the Days Inn by Wyndham. Hosted by the Historical Miniatures Gaming Society South Chapter, the convention features the best historical wargaming action in the state, and this year's focus is on Mava Rasha. Non-historical wargames are represented too, along with a solid role-playing game panel with games from the Pathfinder and Starfinder Societies and the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild on tap. In addition to the gaming action, there will be a number of independent vendors selling rulebooks, miniatures, terrain, and supplies all weekend for all your hobby needs. Plus, don't forget Deuce's personal favorite, a high-energy flea market rummage sale Friday night that you don't want to miss. It will be four days of intense but very fun hobby gaming, so make your Huracan preparations now. For attendance registration, details, and a link to the hotel's reservation system, visit https colon slash slash tabletop.events slash conventions slash Huracan dash 2019. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by the One Stop Guild Shop. Man, if you're looking for a good time, you want to check out the One Stop Guild Shop. You can check them out at onestopguildshop.com, facebook.com forward slash one stop guild shop, and Instagram at one stop guild shop Florida. Ask yourself, what is One Stop Guild Shop? I'll tell you what it is. It's a pop-up D&D experience, and all you need is you. They provide everything you need. They get the characters. They've got the scenario. It's a hit it and quit it. It's a one-night, all-time fun D&D experience. You can check them out. You can book them for private parties and events. Just hit, hit them up on social media. You got a favorite shop, a bar, or just an awesome venue in general? Why don't you let them know? And then they could pop up there and you could have a great time. Check them out at One Stop Guild Shop. Don't forget the happy hour with Johnny and Deucey. Hello, internet. Yeah, we back in the fact. Don't know you had a long day, but let us inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear, and it's loose on the loose. You know the tag team champs, man. We get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro waves, you know. Nintendo, Sega Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth, cause it's the happy hour podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. A former ring announcer with WCW and current ring announcer with Thunder Championship Wrestling, and you're listening to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course, with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, man, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Uh, we're a weekly podcast, and every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce starts off with a good old a Deuce salute. Yes, sir. Uh, the bush lights are cr- cr- 
crisp and popping this evening, sir. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and Deuce, we we love a lot of things. We, uh, I mean, we've video games, comic books, movies, television. But the one thing that our, was our first love was professional wrestling. Amen. Um, I remember way back in the day. I've told the story before, but I've had my my dad and I. Uh, we used to watch uh, WCW Saturday Night Main Event. Uh, and WWF's version of it as well, and like so, we we you know we love watching all that stuff growing up, and uh, that was like my my favorite part uh, a, a memory with my dad growing up because he worked a lot, uh, and your dad as well. He took yeah. you to stuff when you were a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. So when we were diapers, we were watching wrestling. So even through osmosis, we were uh, fans of professional wrestling. And dude. We can't talk enough about Thunder Championship Wrestling. When is it, Deuce? It is going to be Saturday, September 7th at the Auburndale High School. You don't want to miss it. You can get your tickets right now at the Auburndale High School. It's $15 for floor and ringside. It's $10 for general admission. And it's $20 for the meet and greet with Gangrel and Bubsy McGraw. You do not want to miss it. And we have, as a very special guest, folks, me and Johnny have been hype for this interview since we booked it ladies and gentlemen it is the voice of thunder championship wrestling david penzer welcome to the show sir hey guys how you doing great to be here oh we we are so honored to have you with us because our favorite promotion besides thunder championship wrestling of right, course right. has always been wcw it's got a very near and dear place in our heart and you were there for quite a bit of the run in wcw and we just gotta ask how was your tenure with wcw uh, it was great while well, it was going good and then when it started going south uh uh, you know, it was still fun, but, uh, you know, obviously it didn't end the way I, I hoped, you know, I, I was able to live my dream and, and was, uh, uh, doing all sorts of things, other things in the office, talent relations, a little bit of sitting in on the booking committee meetings and, uh, and let me pitch a few ideas here and there. And so I felt like, you know, I had an opportunity to grow and unfortunately the company didn't, but no, it was awesome. I mean, you know, I was, I was just like you, you know, I watched wrestling as a kid. Uh, my dad took me to the matches and championship wrestling from Florida. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, can't wait to see Bugsy at the, at the show in Auburndale uh, on the 7th because um, he was my fa- one of my favorite wrestlers, if not my favorite wrestler growing up uh, when I was a kid in the late 70s, early 80s uh, in championship wrestling from Florida. And then I broke in at the Global Wrestling Alliance, kind of hanging around their school, uh, talking to Bob Roop, who's their booker, and Larry Malenko, the great Malenko, and Dave Heath, Gangrel, was training at the school and was uh, one of the first guys to really get a break. So I go way back with both guys as a fan of Bugsy's and knowing Dan Grail, so I can't wait to see those guys, and it's going to be a great show. But, uh, yeah, WCW uh, was a blast, man. I, I was, not to name drop, but um, was hanging out with Chris Jericho last night and went and go saw the Queen, uh, Queen concert. And uh, hung out at his house afterwards, had a few drinks, and we just sat there for you know, a couple hours telling stories and laughing and having a couple cocktails. It was, uh, it was, it was great. And, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, I've got to say, uh, Chris Jericho is my low key favorite person because he lives here locally. And if you ever go to a rock concert, there's like a 90% chance you'll run into Chris Jericho. And he is probably one of the nicest human beings on the planet. 
Yeah, he was at heart the night before, and uh, I didn't make that one. But um, uh, Queen was on my bucket list, so I uh, decided to check them out. And uh, was awesome concert, awesome time, and uh, big shout out to Chris for hosting us. And um, yeah, like I said, it was a blast. We, you know, we, we, we invited us in after the show to back to his house, and we sat there for two hours, and never a dull moment. The wives were laughing, the friends were laughing, and just telling stories about the the good old days. So you know, I find that you know now that it's 20 plus years later almost 20 years later the wcw the negatives uh you know disappear from your mind and the positives stand out the good memories and the bad memories seem to fade so uh so that's good because you know it was kind of rough there at the end well i kind of and this might be a horrible analogy i kind of like to think of it like an ex-girlfriend after enough times passed you just remember the good things and you don't remember all you know the bad things and the negative and i think us as wcw fans we forget maybe some of the horrible angles they had some of the horrible storylines they may have had and we just remember like the really positive good things and the enjoyment we got out of it I don't know. I have a couple ex-girlfriends that I that I still remember the bad. But, <laughs> but, oh my god! But I but I under I understand your point. But yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes it's so bad that uh, that those bad memories never go away. But thankfully, I've been with and uh, with uh, my wonderful wife for thirty years, married twenty seven years, and uh, why she puts up with me and keeps me around for so long, I'll never know. But uh, I'm a very lucky man. So only good memories of that. Well. Okay. Congratulations on that, sir. Well, we've got to ask you, you, and we'll take uh, we'll take Chris Jericho out of the running on this question. But who was one of your favorite people in WCW to work with? Oh God, there were so many. I probably have to say Arn Anderson, just because I traveled with him for most a lot of my tenure, and he's one of the funniest, wittiest, hilarious guys in the world. So I'd have to say him. But um, but. You know, so many uh, uh, fun guys. You know, uh, Dean Malenko, a lot of people don't know, is one of the funniest guys as well. It just really doesn't show up on on screen uh, in his character, but uh, behind the scenes. But even Brad Armstrong. You know, some of these guys you'd never know. Brad Armstrong, you know, I grew up watching him a little bit when he was young and he was a young wrestler, and interviews were kind of mild. And Brad, Brad ended up gotten to know him and ended up being one of the funniest guys too. You just never know behind the scenes. But some of my greatest memories were when um, the announcers on Nitro and Thunder had our own trailer outside in the back um, when uh, the whole operation was getting really big. And so we had an announcer's trailer. And for like about an hour or two before, mostly Nitro, we'd sit there. It'd be me and Mike Tanay, Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, Gene Okerlund, Oh God, I can't, uh, Lee Marshall, uh, and just, you know, mostly listen to stories and, and takes on uh, that they had. And, you know, think about the talent that was in that room. Just, just Gene Okerlin and Bobby Heenan is, is a dream come true. And the other guys are gravy. Tenace, uh, fantastic. And Shivani, as we all know, even though he was a little grumpy back then, he's turned out to be one of the funniest guys around. So, I just, you know, I, I cherish those memories. I miss the hell out of Bobby and, and Gene and um, the, the fact that they treated me as equal to them and, and, and both of them were always great to me from the last day I saw both of them, which was before, certainly before both of them died, unfortunately. Um, 
uh, you know, that's I, I cherish that. My time with Arn, I traveled with Arn and Rick for about eight months, Ric Flair, uh, to a year. So, you know, everything they say about Ric Flair is true, and, uh, uh, and I experienced it, you know. Well, that had to be amazing because when you, you, you go through that lineup of people that were sharing that trailer, two to three of those men definitely would be on the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of ring announcers and, and announcers, period. I mean, that is a wealth of knowledge you had in that room. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was just unbelievable. I look back and, I mean, I realized at the time how lucky I was, but, you know, you sort of take it for granted because you're living it and you're, you know, traveling 25 days a month and, uh, you know, you get caught up a little bit in it. Um, not too much on my case, but a little bit. Uh, but, you know, then you look back now, you know, 20 years later and, and, and Gene and, and, and Bobby are both gone and, and I just cherish every, every, conversation I had with them and every uh, suggestion that they both would give me and working with them, uh, becoming their friends. And uh, I, I miss them both tremendously. Uh, Gene, you know, we, we lose a lot of people. Harley Race, uh, rest in peace, just recently was a tough one. But yeah. uh, Gene passing was really tough because we kind of stayed in touch a little bit. And I'd see him at different uh, conventions and picked off, you know, like it, uh, like he you know, never left off, you know, that either have, we'd have a cocktail or uh, just a great conversation. He called me the Lonsman, which is a, an old word for a Jewish person. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's a character. Um, he was, uh, it's funny, Gene was, had a knack for, for making people feel good. Uh, my father was not a big fan, although he would come and see me work in, in WCW and take him backstage, you know, to, just to meet some of the guys. And you know, all the guys are polite, hello, you know, nice to meet you. But Gene, for whatever reason, uh, really took a liking to my dad. My dad's a psychologist and, um, and, and would always, you know, if he saw my dad at the show, would always want to, you know, talk to him for 20 minutes. It's 10 and 15 minutes, you know. I think he saw him in an airport once, and he recognized my dad before my dad recognized him. So, you know, just, you know, just average people, he made he made them feel like they were special. And, uh, and, and that's missed, really is. He truly is. That was the voice of an era when we lost Absolutely. him. Because every interview I think of with, like, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, or, Ultimate Warrior, or Macho, Macho Man, Man yep. that's the voice that I put with that yep. interview. So losing him was definitely a big loss. Oh, absolutely, a thousand percent. And, you know, like I said, just love life and love the wrestling business and, and, and uh, you know, he was he was so instrumental and you know i talk about uh sometimes on my podcast with different people uh i talk which i'll promote later if you guys don't mind but, oh, absolutely uh, <laughs> for sure plug. but um sometimes i'll talk with a guy like chavo jr and and uh, i was the producer and later the host for what they call the market specific interviews so we'd sit all afternoon before nitro and thunder we'd be in a, a gray box that was air conditioned and there was a set lighting and a camera and my job was to go out and get guests to talk about if you remember you know this coming uh wednesday night we're gonna see you in dayton ohio and we can't wait to see our good friends from dayton you know hilton and and then you did they talk about the show that's when wrestling was syndicated and so they would put those in exclusively talking about coming to your city and um 
And my job was to produce and find talent for that. And some of the greatest promo guys in the history of the business, the Eddie Guerrero's, the Chris Jericho's, uh, you know, some of the greatest guys, they sat around that gray box just waiting for an opportunity to be able to work with Gene Okerlund. And, you know, you, you talk about people that, you know, you know, just ride the wave and, 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 and don't try to better themselves. But there were so many of the guys, Hugh Morris comes, comes to mind that, you know, they would just gravitate towards that box every time that, that we were there begging for opportunities to do these promos with Gene Okerlund and, uh, and, and, you know, guys like Chris Jericho and, and Morris and Eddie, rest his soul, you know, just learn so much. And we talk about it sometimes on my podcast, how, how instrumental that was and that that really doesn't really, you know, there's no opportunity for that anymore. If you're, uh, if you're in WWE or you're reading lines for the most part, as far as I understand it. And if you're in another company, uh, you get to a little bit more freedom, but you don't get a chance to work with a guy like me and Gene twice a week, you know, we're doing those, you know, localized promos where you could screw up and then maybe not be great. And, you know, they still go out and, 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 you know, cause we had to cut so many of them and they still lived and, and, and the guys learn from it, you know, and plus me and Gene could interview a broom and make it entertaining. So, well, tell our fans because you just got two new fans of your podcast right now with me and Johnny. So, tell our fans how they can find your podcast. Uh, it's called City Ringside with David Penzer. It's on all platforms. Uh, we interview uh, current stars, uh, old friends. Uh, my, 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 the point to my podcast is. Uh, you know, some of the greatest times that I ever had in the business was like sitting in that trailer, listening and telling stories, uh, d- driving from town to town with guys, talking, you know, hearing old stories and talking about people's careers and ups and downs and laughing. And, and, and so that's what I try to do. I try to make my podcast with whoever the guest is. Like we're just, uh, we're, we're, we're telling old stories. I had, um, this week that just dropped, I had, a. Uh, uh, ice train, remember ice train? Oh yeah, ECW. Mm-hmm. We had whatever happened to ice train, and <laughs> I didn't even realize until I started doing the, the the research that ice train had been in Germany with uh, some of my closest friends, guys like Fit Finley and Dave Taylor, Tony St. Clair, uh, doing the catch wrestling. And those guys are just some of the funnest guys in the business. And, you know, he said he was telling stories about challenging Dave Fit Finley to a drinking contest and drinking him under the table. Now I have reached out to Fit Finley and he denies that to be, uh, <laughs> to be uh, clear. But, uh, you know, he just tell, he'd tell a bunch of stories about, uh, you know, just, you know, going to different areas and, and, you know, he talks about why he didn't like Scott Norton at the time and that when they were partners and why he regrets it now. And, you know, just, you know, have a conversation just like you're driving from one town to another. So it's called city ringside. I appreciate the chance to plug it. Sorry for being long winded about it, but, um, uh, it's available wherever, uh, uh, you know, on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found Stitcher, uh, and uh, if you like it, uh, please subscribe, and it'll drop every mo- more Monday morning in your uh, in your. I, I don't even know how that works, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an old fart, but uh, I, I know if you subscribe, you get it automatically. So it drops somewhere. 
Well, I, I, that's awesome because that's what we try to do with our podcast. It's just a couple guys hanging out, having a couple beers, and telling stories. And I and I sure. feel horrible that as a wrestling community, we have done such a bad job of keeping our history alive and keeping these stories alive. And I feel like podcasting is a great way to get these stories on tape so people can hear them and it lasts for generations because, you know, that God rest his soul, Mean Gene and Harley Race, I'm sure they had hundreds of stories to tell, but how many of them as fans do we really get to hear? Right. So when we have people on like yourself and other guests, that's our biggest thing is to to hear these stories just so we have a record of them, you know? Sure. No, absolutely. A thousand percent. And I never got a chance to get Harley or Gene on my podcast. Gene was on my podcast bucket list my producer makes fun of me says everybody's i i got too big a bucket list but gene was definitely top five but uh we had terry funk on there we had dory funk jr we had scott hall we've had jim uh jim Cornette, uh, a lot of great historic minds in the business and uh, uh so uh yeah if if if, if you're uh if you're, didn't know about it you could uh, certainly check out the archives man there's over 100 episodes of everybody from nick patrick uh, the referee giving the true story about the starcade finish with the fat quote-unquote fast count with sting and uh, hulk hogan mm-hmm. that was never told before to his father jody hamilton telling talking about his career as the assassin so like i said scott hall and funks and and i've been honored to have so many people on and we're going to be having in the future here uh, uh uh christopher daniels coming up talking about his career in aew so it's just uh the challenging thing is to get a different guest every week but uh but uh that's uh you know as you guys know i'm sure well yeah well it's definitely going to be on our must listen to list for sure i do appreciate it let me let me know what you think. Uh, we definitely will. For sure. I wanted to ask you about your time in TNA and what you thought of working in the Impact Zone over in Orlando. Um, it was interesting. Uh, it was originally supposed to be one shot that turned into five years, the first run, and then uh, you know I did it on and off there uh, until they slashed their budget here recently, but. Um, and they also went on the road and, and they were in uh, Orlando. But, yeah, it was great. Jeff Jarrett called me up. He said, we got a situation. We need a ring announcer. It's probably for one shot, but you never know. And this is how much we'll pay you. And, you know, uh, this is what you got to do. And so uh, he decided uh, that he didn't want me in the ring. He wanted me outside the ring. And it was just, it was a rib. But I got I, I sold it so much. I don't know if I ever told the story before. I've sold I sold the rib so much because I was thinking that oh yeah I'm too old you know losing my hair you know you don't want me in the ring. So he actually he actually decided to to keep it and he ended up liking it so much that like towards the end even Jeremy Borash and some of the other announcers I think to this day the ring announcer doesn't go in the ring whoever that person is they do it from the outside so kind of what started as a rib on pen. Uh, became a tradition but yeah it was great and again I go back you know I would get there at 12 o'clock we had a production meeting we'd eat lunch and then I'd sit in the conference room and me and Mike Tanay and Don West who's one of the funniest guys in the world 
would sit there and then we'd have Kevin Nash come in for 45 minutes. We've had tell, you know, just talk, tell telling stories. We'd have Jim Cornette come in for half hour, Bubba Ray, uh, come in and tell stories. It's funny. Devon can never understand why we were the only ones who liked Bubba Ray. He was, <laughs> nobody likes him. He's an ass. Can I say ass? Yeah. You can uh, say whatever you want, man. He's, he's an asshole. I'm the nice one. And, but, but, but Bubba was hilarious and great storyteller. And, uh, and and enjoyed the same things as uh, as Mike and Don and, and and so I was just honored again just to be able to sit there and listen and laugh and and I got paid for that you know I went out and got paid to do that and they paid me pretty damn well actually so plus I had nothing invested in it in WCW I was invested because you know this was my dream and I was moving up the ranks and you know truly think and I'm not just blowing my horn truly think if WCW is still a company uh, I would be some kind of executive vice president of something uh, you know that's the fast track I was on and and uh, you know I'm not just spouting BS anybody you ask John Laurinaitis would tell you that uh uh, Terry Taylor would tell you that. So, um, so I had so much invested in that from a personal standpoint. Uh, in, in, in TNA and Impact, it wasn't my primary job. If I had lost the job, it was just extra money that would, you know, that, you know, pay for a family vacation or something. It wasn't gonna, you know, cost me my my living. So it was it wasn't the same pressure as WCW was, and uh, so that allowed me just to enjoy it more. You know, when 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 you when you're when paying your your mortgage doesn't uh, hinge on something, and it's just you know spending money, then uh, uh, it's it's a little less pressure for sure. Oh yeah, um, l- let me ask you this because I want to go back in time a little bit. When when I first discovered WCW, I remember it was like around. I mean, I've heard of it and I've watched it before, but when I really started watching it on TV on a regular basis, uh, was around '96, and that's when I really got like you know my own TV in my room and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm really gonna watch wrestling. You know, really get into it, uh, other than watching it with my dad. And I was like, all right, this is my solo. This is Johnny's solo thing. I'm gonna actually get invested. Uh, you know, outside of the rest of the family. And I remember going back and uh, seeing, like, you had you had a thing for wearing, like, colorful uh, cummerbunds and all that stuff. Well, how did that come about? Is that something you decided to do, or, they, or, or did WCW kind of say, hey, you need to, you know, liven it up a little bit? No, it was totally me, and uh, I like bright colors. Uh, you know, I like, you know, back when it wasn't cool, I used to wear pink shirts, and, and uh, you know, I'm not... You know, I, I just I like bright colors, yellows yeah, yeah. And, and oranges, and and uh, and and I had to wear the same thing every night a tuxedo, so I had no liberty uh, as to change what I. And back then, you know, now you see guys like Justin Roberts, you know, that wear all these kinds of fancy tuxedos. But back then, a tuxedo was pretty much a tuxedo. It was a, a black jacket, black uh, pants, and a white shirt with a cummerbund and bow tie. Uh, you're choosing. So I just decided, you know, that I would go out and collect, you know, off the wall, wacky uh, cummerbunds and bow ties uh, and wear those because it was really the only thing that I could instill of my personality in my in my outfit. So, you know, if I was in a fun mood, I'd, you know, put on something uh, uh you know, something, you know, wacky. If I was in a, if I thought it was a historical event, I'd put a, you know, I, I remember I had a silver and black, uh, one that was really, uh, that was really 
I thought classy. So whenever we did like a big show, you know, I try to put something like that on. So it's just my way of, 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 of adding a little bit of myself and my personality into the gimmick. Cause that, that was the only way. Well, you know, it's funny cause the reason why Deuce and I were so excited to have you on is cause as weird as this is going to sound and as geeky as this is going to sound, you were like part of our nostalgia growing up, like your voice. Cause it was like, you know, you, you, I wanted to kind of know how that worked with uh, Shivani and, and Mike Tanay and all of them. Cause I, I don't know how many times that I, I go back in memory and hear uh, Tony Shivani say, and let's take it back to David Penzer. You know, every, I mean, that's like a classic thing. And then did you have like an earpiece in, I assume? How did that work? Yeah, it's called an IFB. I always had one, no matter where I was. Uh, obviously, not Thunder Championship Wrestling. Uh, although, if they ever do television, I'm assuming we'll have them because they're uh, top notch. But um, and I didn't have them for house shows. It was just television and pay per view, and I had them for Impact for TNA as well. And um, yeah, they let the truck and talk to you. You could hear the announcers, and um, it was good. I had them because uh, there was, you know, you hear about those hairy nights of where they were literally uh, still writing Nitro as we were live on the air or rewriting it. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, you know, Keith Mitchell, who, uh, uh, legendary producer, uh, now with, uh, was with WCW and, uh, and TNA and now with uh, AEW. And, uh, you know, he would he'd feed me, you know, the names. He'd say, okay, announce this guy. And then announce his opponent as this guy. I was literally flying you know, by the string of my pants and without having an earpiece and, and, and Keith Mitchell in there to feed me the information. Uh, there were some nights that I didn't know what was going on, literally. So, yeah, I mean, um, it was it was a blast, man. It was, it was uh, you know, Tanae and Shivani and, you know, I hear a lot of people say that, you know, you're part of, uh, I was, a, you're, you were a part of my childhood and, and I'm just, that's just such an honor, you know, I'm, I don't consider, I consider myself just a, a regular Joe and, uh, you know, being out of the wrestling business for the most part can humble you real quickly, I'll tell you that much. And, uh, and so, you know, but to hear people say that, it, 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 that's great, man. If, if, you know, if I, if I know Gordon Soley was a part of my childhood, and if I could be, uh, I'm not comparing myself to Gordon Soley, don't get me wrong, but if in any small way that my shenanigans and, and, and the crazy bow ties and cummerbunds and, uh, and, and stuff like that could be kind of added to anybody's, uh, you know, excitement or child, childhood growing up or uh, growth, I mean, that's an absolute honor that, you know, I'll, I'll always have, I'll always have that honor, and I'll, I'll always, I always take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. You know, sometimes, like you said earlier, you know, you're in the moment. You're you're doing your job. You're you know, it's it's every day is it's something new, and so for. For us growing up, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I want to ask you this because I consider WCW's uh, not necessarily their peak, but their but their shift, their paradigm shift. I would actually consider it around '96 because uh, you got to think you're signing a lot of these cruiserweights. Uh, you're signing people from Mexico, Japan. 
Chris Jericho signed in 96. Uh, and, like, you have a lot of these introduction of, like, new faces. Because back in the day, you know, it was a lot of crazy gimmicks and big dudes, you know, big, huge guys. But, you know, the the, the company kind of shifted a little bit because Bischoff said this several times before on, on his podcast and other interviews he's had. You know, WWF was doing their, you know, crazy gimmicks and big jack guys, you know, one of the Vince's guys. And, like, no one was really doing, you know, uh, smaller guys, you know, on the, uh, on, you know, on TV, especially. And now it's like throughout all these years, you got to see like the crew, you know, the quote unquote cruiserweight division has really taken off. I mean, I don't personally, I don't think Daniel Bryan would have ever been even given the opportunity in WWE. If it wasn't for Bischoff and WCW doing that whole cruiserweight division. I, I think personally, that's my favorite part of WCW. I love all the cruiserweight stuff. Uh, I'm a huge move mark. I love learning all the moves and, you know, knowing the names and all that stuff. Uh, but I mean, you were, it's kind of be surreal to know that like you were there during the all when wrestling was really like peaking. It, it, it's gotta be an awesome feeling. So, uh, what it was, it yeah. was, it was cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, what do you, what in your opinion, when do you think WCW started to make that shift to more of a, you know, in-house name? Uh, you know, Eric took a lot of chances, uh, yeah. and most of his chances paid off. And, uh, you know, a funny story that I never knew before, if you guys don't mind, um, that uh, if you remember, Vince was doing like, you know, character gimmicks and Eric had hired, uh, uh, Glacier and Mortis and, and James Vandenberg, Jim Mitchell, and he was going to do like a whole video game deal, you know, with Glacier with the snow and really a, a knockoff on the video games that were hot at the time. And... And as he was doing that, they did the NWO, where Hall and Nash came in, pretending to be from WWE, and then Hulk turned. And it's funny, uh, I was interviewing Jim Mitchell on my podcast. He told me that by the time that there was a lot, there was about eight months from when they got hired to when they made their debut on television as Glacier and and uh, Mortis and, and and Brass and all that and. Eric basically told him at the time, I hired you when I was going in a totally different direction. This is more, this company is now more like reality television than, than video games. He told Jim Mitchell, he said, don't buy a house and save all your money because you're not going to be here more than two years. Because <laughs> he knew he had created something that was totally different that got people talking. And then, you know, just by adding the, the luchadors and the cruiserweights and bringing in guys uh, that were international uh, players in Mexico and Japan, like Benoit and and, uh, and Jericho and, and uh, Eddie. Dean, you know, it was just, it was something for everybody. And it's funny, you know, you talk about this new AEW and it looks like there's something for everybody. There's, there's Japanese women, there's American women, there's, uh, there's, there's blood, you know, blood and guts, but then there's, you know, the young bucks putting on their clinics and, and all doing all the hot flying stuff. And, 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 and it seems to me like they're taking a playbook out of the, uh, Nitro model of trying to, you know, give everybody a little something uh, to satisfy everybody and to change it up. And that's, I think that's when WCW, I think, established itself that it was something, a different brand than WWE. And hey, you gotta give credit to WWE, WWF at the time. They came back and they reinvented themselves with the Attitude Era. 
and kicked our ass. <laughs> so, and, and we didn't do ourselves any favors, you know. The the Turner was losing power, and uh, and he was really the only one who was the, uh, wanted wrestling and that company, and uh, and he was losing power with mergers, and uh, you know. I, I look back now and, you know, that was going to happen whether we, you know, the ratings weren't good and now and we were losing a lot of money, but they're going to find a way to get rid of us whether we were still the number one show on cable television. They didn't give a crap. They, they, they wanted wrestling gone and when they got enough power to, uh, to you know, have the last say over Ted Turner, wrestling was going, WCW was going away. I didn't realize that at the time. I've had a lot of conversations with Eric and, 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 different people and uh and you know come to realize that 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 was a fate of complete at the time we just thought it was because it was tanking and it was tanking but it was it was going to happen regardless well it's funny that you say that story because when they brought in glacier who was pretty much a sub-zero ripoff in the right. video game mortal Kombat, i was like they've got to have more of these guys in the pipeline so that explains why that happened but then he comes up with the NWO, which, in my opinion, I really think revolutionized, right. revolutionized and changed the game of pro wrestling. Because Eric Bischoff, I believe, is probably one of the greatest minds in wrestling today. Uh, then, and I believe still is. But how was your time working with him, and what was your experience with Eric Bischoff? You know, Eric was always good to me as far as, you know, taking care of me. There was a time when I was promised a certain raise uh, by one person and that person lost power and somebody else who took his spot didn't want to give me the raise. And I was kind of counting on it because I didn't make the kind of money the wrestlers made. And because uh, I was a Turner employee and um, and. Eric went. Eric went to bat for me and said, "No, you know, uh, my my supervisor at the time went to Eric and said, you know, here's the situation. He had been promised a raise. I'll tell. The, I'll say the guy's name because he was a jerk. Nick Lambros doesn't want to give him the raise, and uh, and and uh, he'd like to ask you to intervene. And uh, next next week on television, he pulled me aside and he said, uh, you got your raise. You work hard. And I remember Tony Schiavone telling me, he said, thank you, you work hard. And I remember Tony Schiavone was there and he told me, uh, he said, that's the greatest compliment you could get from Eric Bischoff. Not that you do a good job or not that you, you know, uh, just that you work hard is, 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 is what he respects. But other than that, I didn't have a lot to say with him. He had so much going on and we really didn't socialize in the same circles. I don't think he, I think he saw me as a valuable asset, but I don't think he saw me as somebody, and, and I don't think I was, you know, uh, you know, somebody who couldn't be replaced if something happened and 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 i'm not saying he was disrespectful because he wasn't just didn't really have a relationship with him he uh if you listen to him he talks about how he kind of kind of uh at the peak of his of the craziness that was wcw uh you know sort of like uh stop talking to people and you know he'd walk down the hall and, and he'd walk the other way and he'd have his head down and I've come to you know at time I can't say it didn't bother me a little bit because he was the boss but um you know I've come to realize the pressure that he had on him and the last thing he needed to be doing was shaking hands and kissing babies so to speak you know you know you know hey Dave how you doing how's your family he had so much more important stuff on his mind but I've gotten to know him he was on the podcast uh and uh 
talked to him and had some drinks and 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 uh you know really is a good guy and uh and you know it's sort of uh it was it was funny it was sort of um uh full circle moment when i finally was able to uh to get to talk to eric and 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 hear him talk about what he thought about me and how much he appreciated me and you know he knows he didn't show it a lot and you know and 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 it was cathartic like cathartic and this was like 15 years later this is like a few years ago uh it was cathartic is the word and uh uh you know i was able to put that any kind of maybe uh, uh worries that i didn't live up to his expectations behind me yeah it it it's funny because in hindsight, you know, you obviously, like you said earlier, being being in the moment, you don't really realize this stuff until kind of like in hindsight. Uh, but it's Dave, um, um, uh, Eric Bischoff has his own podcast, eighty three weeks, which is amazing, uh, which is yeah, good, which is great. I've heard it. Yeah, and we hear these names that you brought up, Nick Lambros and all them, because like he talks about that. And so for us, uh, me and Deuce being like you know hardcore WCW marks, uh, it's like cool to kind of hear. To learn, you know, sit under the learning tree for us as fans to learn all this stuff because he kind of goes behind the details, you know, like to some stuff that was never put on put out for fans to ever hear. Nothing in the Wrestling Observer. It's kind of just straight from his mouth, and I think it's really cool that, like you said, you have your podcast, we have our podcast. Social media is really blown up, so like there's a lot more ways to connect with people about topics that you enjoy. A la wrestling and other things, but like it's really cool to see how technology has kind of helped um, improve the way you get information. It is a whole new world, man. I mean, when I first started watching wrestling, and I'm going to date myself, you, you'd go and you'd sit in the magazine store, and there'd be like 15 wrestling magazines, and they were so behind on the information because of how long it took to publish them and mail them out that basically you're three weeks to a month behind. But as a wrestling fan, you're still eating everything up and trying to follow, you know, all the different territories and the different associations. And then, you know, all of a sudden, voila, the Wrestling Observer came out, and it totally changed everything into... To a lesser extent, there was a magazine called Wrestling Eye that sort of started giving up kayfabe a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, all of a sudden, then it's a whole nother world, you know, for that. And you're getting that every week instead of uh, the Observer, instead of every month for the magazines. You know, and now with social media, it's immediate. You know, I, yeah. I I clicked on I saw I saw today on Twitter that uh, uh, Jim Cornette was tw- trending, and whenever somebody trends, uh, I worry just because I you know don't want you know we're all we're all getting older, and I worry when whenever I see a name trending. So I clicked on it, and I guess he's having a fight with some female wrestler, and and uh, and so he's trending. But um, you know, now it's automatic. You know, you don't even have to wait for the observer to come out. Hell, you can read the Observer on the internet. Nobody, nobody even gets the print version anymore. I just you read it on your cell phone. So when I first started out in this business, there were no cell phones. So you know, when me and Chris were going on last night, we had to go back and remember: was this the time we had? Did we have cell phones then or not? And, you know, because there's a part of all that, and there was there weren't cell phones. Well, speaking of technology, I mean, w, I think WCW had a really interesting thing with the hotline, uh, and I'll never forget that number one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred. And, and Mean Gene's voice, you know, he's he's always, you know, he, that that lasts with me too. That saying, and I never forget that phone number to the day I die. And so, like, they were, even WCW was trying to give fans some inside scoop stuff, some extra things that they wouldn't broadcast or wasn't in magazines. They wanted you to go and, uh, you know 
pay the fee per minute or whatever it was and and like you 99 know, cents 99 cents there you go 99 cents you know to learn stuff and that and obviously that that was that more for people that were you know uh more hardcore fans that really wanted to learn you know the deep stuff but did you have ever ever um were you were you ever a part of that um you know technology stuff with them either be, either through the chat line they had where you can go on prodigy or CompuServe or whatever it was uh did you did you ever get a part of that scene um um there was a show that they did and i think it went out on like uh chat rooms or i don't even remember back then what they called it um uh, sort of like i guess the equivalent today of reddit uh it was like uh that's how a lot of the news got spread i forget what they're called but um uh there was a thing that we that conan did called um catering talk and uh, he would have different guests in there, and I was a frequent guest. And Disco is sort of like his show now, but his podcast now keeping it a hundred. But it was just them sitting around catering, just telling stories about you know, you know Jeremy Boris was on it, and I was on it, and Disco and their special guests, and talking about the Nitro Girls and which Nitro Girls they thought were hot, and you know right. how the catering was that day, and they talk. I mean, just silly things just to pass the time away. That was story towards the end when things were getting out of control and and it was easier just to find a way to entertain yourself and immerse yourself in all the craziness so so that was about it i never did a hotline or anything like that uh you know uh you know i didn't have the inside scoop you know today had the inside scoop mark ben had an inside scoop these people legitimately had inside scoops gene um I didn't really have an inside scoop, and so my inside scoop was those guys. <laughs> right. Well, that's a good so, one to have. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very profitable for a long time, that, uh, uh, that 909, 9900 uh, uh, hotline. Well, so. I wanted to ask you this because you brought it up. Uh, Eric Bischoff has been very vocal about his opinions of David Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer. What is your feelings on it? You know, I, I don't want to get into the into the middle of that. I I I know Dave a little bit, not great. Uh, you know, if I see him, I'll shake his hand. If I see him at a convention or something, I'll shake his hand. Uh, you know, if, uh, every once in a while, like I was very close to the whole Benoit craziness, so he would uh, call me and, and try to get a little inside information as you know the thought process of what was going on when that whole thing was going on. Uh, but um, but really, I I I don't know Dave very well uh and um but i don't have anything against dave dave's doing his thing and you know eric's doing his thing and i don't know how much of it is a shoot and how much of it is a work right uh yeah it could be all a shoot i don't know but um but uh you know like you know hey eric like eric books this controversy uh creates cash so you know we're talking about it and so obviously, uh, obviously people are interested in that, their class, but you know, I'm sure there's things that Dave got wrong. I know Dave was very tight with, um, uh, 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 a promoter and I can see his face and I can't think of his name, uh, uh, based out of Denver. God, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute, but, um, and, and that's where that's, and, and, uh, Eric bounced a lot of his ideas off of the same person. So I, so I'm sure that there were some things that, um, were given to him. Oh, Zane Breslov is the name. And cause he was a great guy. And, um, talking about hard worker, this guy never stopped, 
But um, uh, I'm sure there was ideas that uh, that Zane and Eric bounced off each other that got back to Meltzer through Zane. So because Dan Zane and Meltzer were tightened, some of it was because they wanted to excite our fan base, and and Zane knew as a promoter how to do that, and you know how to get people buzzing. So he would give Dave just enough information, maybe not to tell the whole story, but to get people interested. So. Uh, uh, so yeah, probably, uh, probably you know, a little bit on each side. Everybody has a point, but I, I don't. I don't read too much into that. Uh, I don't have a problem with any of those guys, and uh, and certainly don't have a problem with Eric. But it's fun listening to eighty three weeks. I don't always listen, but I, I, when I can, and I, I certainly listen to the one where Conrad almost had a uh, a coronary uh, when Eric was talking about the whole. Uh, why they didn't put the belt on Sting at Starcade? I don't know if you heard that one. Oh That's yeah, a classic. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so, so yeah. But as far as him and Meltzer go, I don't. You know, he'd probably Eric would probably swear it was a hundred percent shoot. Dave would probably swear it's a hundred percent shoot. Uh, it may be, but like I said, controversy creates cash. So who knows? But uh, you know, my thing with Dave Meltzer is I just I, I never had a problem with him. I was just always curious, like. What what is what makes a match like go from three and a half stars to three and three quarter stars? I get the like I get the like five star gimmick, and I even get like five like half ones. But what I, I, I and I'm going to have Dave on my podcast one of these days. And I, this what I want to know is uh, uh, you know what's a quarter star worth? Uh, uh, a false finish? Uh, uh, a, a moon salt? Does a moon salt give you a quarter star? And I'm not being facetious, and I'm right. not being rude. I'm, right. I'm actually ser- I'm serious. Right. When he sits there and watches that, what goes through his mind where he says, "You know, I think I'll give that three and three quarter stars, and not four stars, and not three and a half stars." I, I don't know. I'm, right. I'm sure he has an answer, and I'm. Curious to find out at some point. It was definitely a method to his madness. I mean, we all have our ways of doing things. Uh, I want to. I want to take it back full circle before we go. Uh, now TNT is going to have its first, uh, you know, wrestling promotion on on TV on TNT. Uh, that's got to be kind of interesting for you to be like, wow, wrestling's back on TNT and and announced today. Tony Schiavone is apparently going to be working as an announcer. So, like, that's going to be that, kind of surreal. I saw, I saw that. And, you know, Keith Mitchell, who we talked about earlier, is going to be their executive producer. And uh, so for some, some of these guys, some of these cameramen, it's, it's gone full circle in 20 years. Uh, Got to, you know, can't lie. I, I can't lie and say I wish I wasn't a part of it on some levels. But uh, they haven't reached out. And, uh, and I'm, I have my own stuff going on i'm a realtor and uh got the podcast and my hands in a couple other things but you know it would be fun to go full circle for sure and i'm really excited for those guys like tony and keith mitchell and people like that who uh put so much into uh into wcw and the being on tnt and getting a chance to to revisit it in a different light on a live uh tele weekly television uh so 20 years later i think it's super cool uh i i, I wish them nothing but the best i wish w you know the, the, look the most the better the competition the more promotions are out there the more money there is to be made the more the work there is for the guys and girls and so 
Uh, I'm not rooting for anybody. I'm rooting for all of them to succeed and, and do great. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what NXT will look like as a live two-hour show. And it'll be interesting to see what AEW does when they have two hours of television every week uh, to fill up. So I'm really excited for it and uh, and and looking forward to it. And like, like you said, it's just super cool that it's come full circle in, in two decades. Well, I've got to say, brother, you've name dropped a lot of people that are working with AEW, like uh, uh, Christopher Daniels, Chris Jericho. Uh, it it sounds like you might know a lot of people that work over there. So, I mean, uh, I I don't know. Maybe you need to make some phone calls because uh, I think you can uh, you know, get that hand they, in that got, cookie jar. They got Justin as a ring announcer. I'd, my, I'd, I would love to do some stuff maybe behind the scenes, but they got their own crew, and I, that's cool. They, you know, Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny. Uh, you know, they have their own people and, and I'm not one of them. So, uh, I don't expect, you know, Hey, I didn't expect to go to TNA and I ended up there for five years. So you never say never, but, uh, I don't expect the call, but, um, I'll continue to have their talent on my podcast and, uh, and, and talk about them, uh, as, uh, as, you know, and be in their corner. Uh, my kids are huge fans. My adult kids now are huge fans of AEW and, um, so the best thing, you know, I was talking to Chris yesterday, the best thing that could happen is all these different companies being doing well. New Japan doing well, WWE doing well, uh, AEW doing well, and all these other companies that, you know, Major League Wrestling and even Impact and still hanging around. So, uh, so it's great. Well, I think it's... But I don't expect, I don't expect a phone call, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We are so glad, number one, thank you so much for being on the show. But we're also so glad that you are the voice of Thunder Championship Wrestling. Guys, you can get your tickets at the Auburndale High School. It is going to be this Saturday, Saturday, September 7th, at the Auburndale High School. You don't want to miss it. Uh, it's $15 for the floor and the ringside seats, $10 for general admission, and $20 for the meet and greet with Gangrel and Bugsy McGraw. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be a great time. Bring your family. Bring the kids. Oh, yeah. It is, it's a great time for the whole family. And David Penzer, once again, thank you so much for sure. being on the Happy can Hour I, with Johnny and Deuce. Sure, can I? My pleasure. Can I talk about Thunder Championship Wrestling? Please, for absolutely, please, for do. sure. So, so, so I wasn't really doing any independence, and uh, especially in the area, and um, and I got a phone call, and and from the people that were doing Thunder Championship Wrestling before they started, and they told me their vision for what they were doing, and and how they wanted to run it. They wanted to bring old school wrestling back to Florida, just like Championship Wrestling from Florida, just like the NWA, and um, and so I decided to check it out and um, did the first event that they had, and. Um, and I was blown away by how a new company was not, you know, they don't have the resources, obviously, of AEW or, right. uh, uh, or uh, uh, Major League Wrestling. But I was blown away how organized and professional everything was. And, um, you know, matches are always great. You don't have, you know, four and a half hours of guys doing high spots. It's all, you know, they give you a good show with uh, with good amount of matches and a lot of action Kind of like we said, Nitro kind of changed things up. Got some women women match usually cruiserweights, uh, you know, a little blood, uh, not blood, but a little uh, hardcore stuff. And um, 
then they get the legends involved. It was uh, Brian Nobbs and Hector Guerrero last time in Auburndale, and uh, looking forward, like I said, to seeing Gangrel and, and my all-time one of my all-time favorites, Buzzy McGraw. But if, if, if you guys, if you kind of are out there and you've given up on local wrestling, uh, I, I urge you, uh, and no BS, no blowing smoke. Honestly, I urge you to to come out on the slump and check out what they're doing. It's really good, old school, family friendly, meet and greets and and and, and fun matches and and interactive. And we do uh, you know uh, each every ticket you buy, you get a, uh, a raffle ticket, and we give away prizes and gift certificates and. Um, it's super, uh, super fun and, and sort of, you know, for me, uh, at least as a ring announcer, which I thought those days were behind me, it's brought back, uh, you know, I, I look forward to going to those shows. So, uh, so I just wanted to tell that story and, uh, and put my, uh, whatever, whatever it's worth, put my, uh, stamp of approval big time on that company. So I hope to see it packed. Uh, they pretty much packed it last time. We hope to see it packed this time, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting all the fans for sure. Well, we have been uh, – I've been to every single show you guys have had so far, and we've been working hand-in-hand, hand, whose names will not be mentioned, some guys behind the scenes, and we are we are doing our best to, to help you guys as much as possible and fill those seats because we want a packed house. But for our fans out there listening, it is an amazing show. It's family-friendly. And one of the things I really like – is when you say that bell times at seven, it's at seven because a lot of indie promotions yep. it's like seven ish. Yeah, but no, you guys start right at seven. And what I also like is you guys keep it to about two two and a half hours, so you're getting out of there between yep. nine nine thirty. So if you got kids, you know it's not going to be a super late night. Uh, so bring the kids, bring the whole family. It's fun. Uh, it's a great time. Um, Johnny and Deuce will both be there. Yeah, we're going to both be there. We're bringing the happy hour hooligans well, with us. I look forward to meeting. I look forward to meeting you. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think every show we've done so far, we've had a couple of uh, kids' birthday parties there. And uh, and like you said, you know, it starts right on time. It does, you know, you don't you're not there till midnight. There's no you know pre-show matches with people flip flopping all over the place. And they're green as grass. It's uh, uh, it's a uh, uh, an old uh, old school style show with a you know there are uh, wrestlers that do a lot of the cool moves but they save that for the main event matches instead of well the one thing that, that not to go on a tangent because I know my time is up here but the one thing that that, that really gets my goat is they, they some a lot of these promotions put these pre show matches on and you know you get uh, eight green guys in a in a uh, in a match and they're all do, doing all they're doing is dives and that's the first match on the show where do you go from there uh, you know, the, the shows are supposed to be about building up, uh, you know, match after match after match, building the excitement. And uh, there's a lot of people that just don't get it. But the people behind Thunder Championship Wrestling get it a thousand percent. And I'm just honored to, to be there and looking forward to seeing everybody. Well, no, and you, hit, you guys. And you hit the nail right on the head because, like, we'll watch a match and it's great. And then the next match is even better, and it keeps you know that it keeps escalating like the 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 match quality. And those kids and guys and gals that are going out there, like they're really putting their heart and soul into it, and they're trying to give you the best show that they can give you. And guys, I cannot say enough how amazing the talent on this roster is. The talent they're bringing in, the legends they're bringing in. I mean, look, you got David Pinzer himself as a ring announcer. I mean, you got <laughs> you've got top quality all star talent across yeah. the board. It's a it, you don't want to miss it. 
Yeah, it, it's like old school with a little new new school uh, flair, you know, a lot of the uh, the cool cruiserweight stuff that you're talking about. But uh, but like I said, you know, it, it's a uh, it's it's a great time, and uh, uh, I just I look forward to them every time uh, they come up. I look forward to going and seeing the guys and being a part of it because it's run so professionally, and uh, and and uh, it's uh, it's just it's something that you don't see a lot these days. You know, I harken back to going to the Fort Lauderdale National Armory when I was 11 years old on Friday nights with my dad and uh, and that's what it reminds me of and so it's uh, it's and plus you have guys like Bugsy McGraw come out and uh, get to share those uh, memories if you've done I'm sure they're happy to, to chat with you while they're taking pictures and stuff so uh, yeah it's great I can't say enough good things about it and I'm not blowing smoke I'm, I'm 100% uh, I told the powers that be as soon as that first show was over, I said, I'm blown away by, by, by what you guys are doing. And I don't say that lightly. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll see you out there. And uh, sorry that I went over my allotted time. Oh, I no, we gave you all the time in the world, <laughs> boss, because we were really honored to do this interview. And I just wanted to add one more thing to what you just said, and then we're going to wrap up. Like, I've taken my dad to every show, so it's a very special thing. And, and my dad looks forward to the next show every time they say, okay, we're going to be back in a month at this place or two months at this place. We go home and we write it down on our calendar because it is just such a fun event. So everybody, you seriously, you need to go. You need to bring the family. It's it's going to be a good time. And again, speaking of good times, it was an amazing time with you tonight, Mr. Penzer. And thank you so much for your time. Had a blast. Check out my podcast at Ringside on all platforms. Be sure to subscribe. And if you like it, spread the word. And uh, pleasure to be on the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. I have not poured myself one yet, so uh, maybe it's about time. Yeah, that sounds like a winning plan to me, sir. Well, thank you again. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night. Well, that was the amazing David Penzer, the ring announcer and the voice of yep. Thunder Championship Wrestling. You can see him this Saturday at the Auburndale High School. Like we said, floor seats are $15 for floor seats and ringside, $10 for general admission, and $20 for the meet and greet with Gangrel and Bubsy McGraw. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we want all of our happy hour hooligans to be out oh, there because yeah, we're going to sure. be there live. Yep. So make sure you go uh, check it out and you can get your tickets early at the Auburndale High School. And speaking of checking out, you want to check us out at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine. Also, send us your emails to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. We're looking for two special emails right now. One is put Ask the Buck in the question yeah, line. for Retro Game Treasure. For Retro Game yep. Treasure, because we're going to go see Buck, the Mega Buck, from Retro Game Treasure very, very soon. Also, don't forget to go to uh, their website, and when you order, if you put Happy Hour in the promo code box, you get $2 off, so don't right. forget that. The other one, and I'm just going to steal the name. I'm going to say put in the subject box, Hot Ones Questions. We want your questions. Me yep. and Johnny are going to sit down and do our own version of Hot Ones. Oh, yeah. Where me and Johnny eat the wings, and Brandy yep. is basically the person asking us the questions. Yep. We are not going to look at these questions beforehand. Nope. We are forwarding them to Brandy, yep. so the questions to us will be off the cuff, brand yep. new. We won't have answers already thought out. So send those questions and put Hot Ones or Spicy Wings or something like that in the subject line so we know so we know not to read it and send yep. it to Brandy. Also, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. You want to go there and give us a like and go to soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. And you can hit hear all of our past episodes. 
with the amazing talent for Thunder Championship Wrestling oh, yeah. and all the other amazing things yeah, we're, we're doing. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app, uh, Spotify, <laughs> you know, all you know, everywhere. That Just you like WCW, we're where the big, big boys, boys play. play. Exactly. So you don't want to miss it. And of course, when you're on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags. Hashtag Happy, Happy Hour, Hour Podcast. Podcast. Hashtag HH Podcast Show. Show. And hashtag Deuces, Deuces on, on the, the loose. loose. Later. See ya.